This Week in HPC. A blue sky opportunity for manufacturing. And Carnegie Mellon raises the ante on artificial intelligence. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everybody, and thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. This Week in HPC is distributed on iTunes, Stitcher, RSS. You can find us on Twitter, our websites, and with our partners at top500.org. How are you doing today, Michael? Very well, Addison. How about you? Doing fine, thanks. I, we've got fun stories coming up, including yeah. I really want to talk about poker, and that'll come up by the by the end of the podcast. But first, I was at a fun event this week by a company I didn't know as much about as I should have. A company called Jable. Yeah, I saw that you got you were tweeting from the uh, from the event. They were opening a uh, a center there, and I, actually, I hadn't heard of Jable either. And I I'm not even that familiar with with what companies like Jable are doing. But you had a pretty good taste. Why don't you, you describe sort of what that what that company's about. Yeah, this is J-Build, J-A-B-I-L, which either rhymed with table or rhymed with playbill, depending on who you were talking to. But J-Build was opening their um, a new facility uh, called Blue Sky. It was kind of a showcase facility. But what j does is uh, integrated manufacturing for uh, advanced or high-tech products. So if you are a uh, uh, an engineering company with a cool idea and it involves Involves high-tech components in everything from uh, wearables and the, and the transistors that are embedded there, or um, straightforward enterprise products, things in uh, additive manufacturing, 3D printing, um, robotics. There's all kinds of stuff. Jbill or a company like it could be your manufacturing partner that would help you uh, bring products like this to market. Yeah, I guess with you know the Internet of Things and all these this plethora of products that we have seen coming out over the last decade, you need companies like this to sort of corral this. Otherwise, everybody's sort of doing their own manufacturing and reproducing sort of the same process over and over again. It would probably be you know sort of onerous for each company to try and do their own manufacturing for these little widgets and gadgets they're producing. This, this, is, this makes a lot of sense. And Jabil prides itself in being a, a brand behind the brands. They right. don't normally have a big event like this where they're promoting themselves. They'd rather uh, let their uh, let their uh, customers take the limelight with their uh, innovations. But we've talked to other customers, or rather, other companies like this, like uh, Flextronics, for example, would probably be the great example. Or uh, we know a company called Plexus that can do this kind of manufacturing. But this Blue Sky facility for Jable really highlighted, I think, not only all of their capabilities, but a look into the future of how uh, some of their technology and medical devices and Internet of Things and additive manufacturing really go forward into the future with uh, analytics and supply chain management. Uh, and they, they showed a lot of those technologies there. Furthermore, they have a, a, a division called Stack Velocity that, that uh, overlays directly into the HPC space by providing uh, integration services for data center infrastructure for lights out data centers or hyperscale or whatever you like. 
Yeah, that was an interesting component. I guess they didn't talk about it too much at, at the grand opening, but the, the stack velocity part is sort of an interesting offshoot of this. And, uh, and I guess you know, some of it is probably secret to some of their customers because this, it's geared towards the hyperscale space, and uh, a lot of those people don't want to really publicize what they're doing. But uh, I guess it's uh, sort of a, an all-in-one service for somebody who wants to manufacture a large infrastructure for, for like a, an eBay or a Google or uh, Facebook or something like that, they'll, they'll do it and they'll, they sort of leverage the fact that a lot of these places are now using the Open Compute Project uh, specifications for some of this infrastructure, which sort of streamlines the whole process and, and makes uh, a, a company like uh, Stack Velocity uh, makes their job a little easier. Yeah, that's exactly the point, because for JBill as a manufacturing partner, uh, an integrated manufacturing partner, if you've got a design, we can manufacture it. And with regards to Open Compute Project or Open Power, Open Stack, all of which they're, they're members of these consortium or, or these partnerships, uh, you know, if, if you're dealing with an, an open reference architecture, well, now that's something where we can take that reference architecture and build to it. Or if you have some other custom configuration uh, uh, as long as you've got the design for it, uh, JBill, uh, in this case under the Stack Velocity brand, would be happy to build that. Yeah, and I guess it's, it's what we what we're seeing in sort of the the system space, the OEM space, and this is not really good news for OEMs, but a lot of this would have been their business, but now with sort of these standardized platforms and specifications running around and, and some customers, you know, embracing these, it's it's going to be more companies like these that are going to build a lot of these systems and it's going to uh, change sort of the landscape of, of what we've considered uh, system vendors uh, for the last uh, 50 years. Oh, yeah. And that's why, you know, for me personally, I geeked out more over the stack velocity portion of the tour, as, as slim as it was, than, yeah. than everything. I was the only guy there that really wanted to double click down on the stack velocity and talk about what it meant to HPC providers, what it meant to hyperscale, uh, and some of the customers there. I, I thought it was really interesting. I was fascinated that they had open compute, that they had open power, that they had open stack. These are all things that we've talked about on this podcast before. But in the scope of the larger tour, this was, you know, not the big reveal. Right. Other people were a little more into the uh, the Internet of Things lab and the medical devices and the robotics and the the 3D printing technology. Really, their big reveal, though, was something that, that does play back over into the, the, the high-performance data center space on the analytics side when they got to showing their, their proprietary analytics software packages that they unveiled as part of their control tower um, functionality, which is really all about using the data from your now intelligent supply chain and uh, managing the analytics analytics of that uh, in, a, in a very um, uh, integrated and proactive way. They even had a little piece of software they called Buzzy, which stood for the buzz from the Internet of Things, which was their little robot that would tweet or chirp at you, if you like, if it found uh, interesting data from your supply chain or, or different events or, or outages that you had to uh, work around. There's big, uh, big uh, typhoon coming that's going to disrupt operation somewhere and, and you want to intelligently re rework around that, they've got proprietary analytics software to do that. 
Right, definitely very interesting big data application, right? And incorporating things like like have the effects of weather on your supply chain. I mean, it, it has definitely real world, world effects that you want to know about in real time. Um, and uh, but it takes a lot of compute power to sort of digest all the feeds that could be affecting your supply chain. So an interesting application there, and something that uh, yeah, a lot of people would uh, would definitely benefit for with the the different uh, complexities of their supply chains these days. And a very cool tour. There's the ribbon cutting at their Blue Sky facility here in San Jose, and they got a Blue Sky day for it. Although it was awfully hot down there, but it was a beautiful day. And they've got all these showcase rooms that are really uh, interesting to tour in their different labs. The control tower software itself, they have set up as a control tower, this big round room with these huge screens and you can see everything going on. Although the reality is I think most people will do this on their own tablet, right? You, you get out of your iPad and you're, you're looking at all the graphics for your supply chain. Yeah. Well, very interesting. Uh very interesting application area, and yeah, something to, to definitely keep our eye on. I mean, the landscape of how IT is done is changing, and this company sort of shows, you know, one aspect of how that's doing. Uh, interesting story. Well, we'll keep our eye on Jable going forward. But in the meantime, there's something going on in Pittsburgh that's catching my attention right now, Michael. Yeah, uh, there's something I think I, I knew about. They started this about a week ago. It's a poker competition. They're pitting a uh, computer program against uh, a number of four professional poker players. And right now they're in the middle of it. It's an 80,000 hands total. They're going to continue this till May 8th. And they've done about half of it against this computer program. And so far, the humans are doing pretty well. Yeah, the humans are starting to pull ahead now at about the halfway point of this computer program designed by Carnegie Mellon called Cloudico. Now, that's a Latin word for limp, which is meant ironically. Limp is a uh, poker terminology for a particular strategy that a lot of professional poker players perceive as being weak. But uh, but Cloudico makes uh, apparently pretty good usage of it. And for the first several days, um, the computer's been playing pretty even it heads up against the four pros. Now, this is four one-on-one, uh, -on -one, no-limit hold'em uh, poker matches going on. Now, if you're not familiar with no-limit hold'em, I'm not going to stop and describe it to you now. It's a variety of poker that's very popular right now. All the pros play it, uh, and it's it's very difficult. Now, the one of the progenitors of this whole project, uh, his name is... Uh, 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 Thomas Sandholm, there's a good quote from him where he talks about, uh, here's a direct quote from him, poker is now a benchmark for artificial intelligence research just as chess once was. It's a game of exceedingly exceeding complexity that requires a machine to make decisions based on incomplete and often misleading information. I think that's exactly right. When it comes to playing poker, uh, you know, you don't know what the other guy is holding. You don't know if he's bluffing. And uh, you've got a, a computer here that's going up against pros. Yeah, and it's very, very different from chess. I mean, chess is almost, uh, you, you could you could put it into an algorithm, and there's very little that's not known except for the strategy of your opponent. Here, you don't know a lot of the information. You don't know the cards, like you said, and uh, you don't know the, the whole psyche of, of bluffing and, and, and strategy in that sense. So it's a much more difficult problem for a, a piece of software to, to tackle, and yet, um, 
you know, the cloud host doing pretty well, but it looks like that the humans sort of have caught on to the strategy and and are sort of outpacing it. I mean, the the program itself is adapting to the the humans' own bluffing, but again, this is this is a sort of a first generation thing or the first time they've tried this, so it's not too surprising that the uh, humans maybe have a little bit of the upper hand here. Well, we should say this is something you can follow the progress live on. It's a two-week event that we're at the halfway point on now. It'll be going through May 8th, and uh, there's a website, www.cs.cmu.edu slash brains hyphen vs hyphen AI. This is, uh, they're calling it brains versus AI. There's a hashtag on Twitter, hashtag brains versus AI, uh, and uh, the, the poker players themselves are out there tweeting. The four pros are, are uh, Douglas Polk, Bjorn Lee, uh, Dong Kim and uh, Jason Less. As of uh, day seven, the humans held a lead in uh, three of the four matches. We should also give a little shout out to the Pittsburgh Supercomputing Center, there, uh, which is associated with Carnegie Mellon. Big Mills. shout out. Their, uh, their supercomputer, one of their supercomputers called Blacklight, which is a SGI UV system, is, is being used for uh, program support here. It's not they're not running the the program directly on that system, but they're using that to do various uh, strategy algorithms and, and different types of support. So they are using some of the HPC facilities at Pittsburgh Supercomputing Center, and it's uh, well, and, and the algorithms were initially developed using blacklight and there's so many uh, there's so many permutations here I think they helped design the program using blacklight now now it's actually running live on a CMU computer but blacklight is still in the background uh, helping uh, adjust the strategy over time right and I don't think that was the original purpose when the NSF uh, gave that award to, to buy ah, blacklight come on. for a couple million but uh, yeah it's definitely the, I mean the research is being done the the uh, individual who developed this that you mentioned he uh, he's been working Working on this for for ten years or more, it's it's not uh, it's not a small program. It's something that uh, has uh, created a lot of development, and it's like you said, it's it's a cutting edge of artificial intelligence right now. Yeah, it's funny because you, you get the image of uh, someone playing blackjack in a casino and all the monitoring to make sure you're not using a computer for any help for something like counting cards. In this case, now you're you're at the poker table and your player is a computer. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, something that I think it looks like, you know, the, the humans do have the upper hand, but I think everybody expects some days that the computer will be able to be as, as more sophisticated and will eventually beat uh, human poker players. So this well, is just I the first step. When we've talked about some of the self-driving algorithms, one of the big uh, aspects of it is that the computer doesn't get tired or suffer other emotions like being frustrated or angry or impatient. And all of those certainly come into play at the poker table. Table, especially in the course of a, of a long tournament. This is a two-week-long tournament, tournament and, and there are professional poker tournaments that, that go that long. You have to be very patient and play very even-keeled for a long time. A big thing that separates amateurs from professionals in this regard is is that level of patience and steadiness. Right, right. And and uh, it definitely enters into it, and it, it doesn't have to deal with uh, greed and, and uh, other avarices that, that 
that come into play when humans play poker. It's a very stressful game, uh, and like you said, I mean, the professionals have, have mastered that, but even even they're human. They they suffer from uh, certainly fatigue and, and other symptoms. So the computer doesn't have to deal with that aspect of it. And you know, one day it's it's they're definitely going to be competitive in this area. You can see it. you can see it already. All right, fun topics this week, Michael. I like it. Uh, so um, we're going all in. I'm going to keep following that hashtag brains versus AI. I want to see how this all comes out. Definitely. All right. Thanks a lot, Michael. Thanks everybody for listening, uh, tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 